And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Our team identity is discipline, grit, and fundamentally sound. So, uh, you know, as we build that each and every year, yeah, we, we, we definitely need to be better in the area of, of penalties. We're, you know, we're going to focus on that. And, it, and the one thing about the penalties, it really falls under the category when you talk about team identity is, is in the category of discipline. You know, at the end of the day, when you're trying to establish a play style, which, you know, I felt like we hit the target last year. We did. We were up and down in year one with our play style. But you, when you approach your play style, you know, we're not trying to be disciplined and then play just hard enough. You know, we come from another act. We, we, we want an aggressive, physical play style, and, and, and we cross the line too much. So uh, our discipline is pulling back. You know, it, this is not a group that I have to push forward. And that's very important in, in how you train in the reality of the mistakes that are made and how we need to, you know, tighten it down. So our play style and the way we attacked the season last year, that's what it looks like. But the discipline in that, we need to be better. We've, we've, we've identified with that. We've addressed it. Um, and it, it has to be part of our daily function. But um, I do not want to lose the play style that we've established. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Indeed. We're just about a little less than four weeks away from the start of the 2022 Cowboy season, but not before we wade through the treacherous waters of the Cowboys preseason. We're here to do that on the About Them Cowboys podcast. Welcome in. I'm Kent at the helm and welcoming in three of the best of the best when it comes to talking all things Dallas Cowboys. But before we do that, make sure you're subscribed to The Athletic, theathletic.com slash About Them Cowboys. Get you the best deal. People ask me all the time if they can get a discount code. Trust me, that's the best place to get that the about them cowboys link at theathletic.com slash about them cowboys and make sure you're subscribed on youtube as well because we'll be going twice a week once games start and that'll be on youtube as well so make sure you're subscribed on the podcast app of your choice and on youtube but now it's time to welcome in our panel first from fox sports and fox sports tv it's david hellman underscore hello and from the athletic we got father john mishota and of course, at the helm of the hosting chair, it's Kevin KT Turner. Hey, KT. Hello, Kent. Hello, boys. Um, so, in the uh, season opening press conference, when asked about what he thought his team would be or what, what he wants the team to be, Mike McCarthy identified three things discipline, grit, and fundamentally sound. Is it fair to say after one preseason game that this team's got a lot, a long way to go to meet that criteria of their identity? I mean, sure. I mean, there's only so much to read into considering who played and who didn't play. Um, but when you look at the entire league and seeing how many penalties everybody else committed, and then you've seen what the Cowboys committed, and then you compare that to what they did last year. I think you're just burying your head in the sand if you don't think that there's any correlations there and that's just preseason and preseason doesn't matter. Frankly, my favorite thing to do over the last 24 hours has been to 
mess around on Twitter and look for people that are defending it and, and acting like the refs are either out to get the Cowboys or uh, other excuses. It, it blows my mind. Like, it, it just, I, I can't believe that. And there's not a lot, but I, I just personally find it entertaining that it's like you, you're thinking that it's the refs that are out to get them. And it's a ref issue, not a Cowboys issue. Now, of course, all 17 of those that went against them, I think 22 were called. There are a lot of them more questionable. But even if you took away all those questionable ones, they still had too many penalties. And then here's the biggest thing. You don't think that out of any of these other teams in the NFL, if we went and watched all their games, you don't think any of them had any questionable penalties? Like only the ones called against them were the ones that were actually penalties? Like that's how the game goes. And to have 17 and could have easily had 22, 23, 25 I'm sorry, but I just think you're burying your head in the sand if you don't think that this is an issue. Yeah, I think you summed it up really perfectly there, John. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's weird to kind of try to find ground, like which side of the fence do you want to be on? Like on one hand, I really don't care that much what happens in a game where like 25 starters are playing. But on the other hand, 17 flags is almost triple the league average for the first week of the preseason. So most other teams sat their starters and most other teams are also playing their first preseason game. And the league average was six and a half. I think only six out of 32 teams hit double digits and the Cowboys almost got to 20. They did get to 20 if you count ones that were declined. So yeah. And, and for that matter, not everybody that got flagged is a nobody who's not going to play. I mean, their current swing tackle, Josh ball got flagged twice uh Tyler Smith one of them might have been bogus the other one was not so that's something to focus on uh and then uh Sam Williams Dante Fowler I mean these are guys that you're expecting things from this year and it was still a pretty sloppy game and yeah I mean I I don't need to harp like to do it again the way John just did because he spelled it out really eloquently but like the idea that that the refs care enough about a preseason game to be out to get the Cowboys is uh, frankly hysterical. And then my favorite part is people are, you know, I've, I've talked to so many people that are like, well, I'm just, I'm not watching if they're just out to get my team like this. I'm like, my guy, you're watching a preseason opener at 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday in August. Like you're in this man. Don't come at me. Don't come at me acting like you're not going to watch the product (laughs) because you don't like the referees. Like, yeah. This is what it is. And and for that matter, the Cowboys knew what it was all last season and were late adjusting to it. So, yeah, rambling answer. But um, it's not the end of the world, but it's got to be something that they fix. It's got to be something that they attempt to care about cleaning up. I mean, there's like a chance they drew a, a, a weird straw and you just got a referee crew that was like throwing a lot of flags. There, there's the chance. Like I think there's like a lot of nuance to the conversation, but I think where you have to like – Really take a look at it. I cannot help, uh, and I swear I'm not swerving over three lanes of traffic to drive over Mike McCarthy, but I cannot help but go to how the season ended and how he basically did the whole, well, it's not our fault thing. And then you saw Dak have one of Dak's lowest moments of his career when he kind of did that thing. And I get it, everyone was emotional and all that stuff, but what it came, the, the bigger picture of that is the identity of the head coach pouring into the team. Mike McCarthy's identity is not that his teams get penalized for a ton. That was never the story. Well, there he had a couple of years like that in Green Bay, but it was not some like common trend. Like Mike McCarthy's teams get penalized a lot. It's not like that. But the whole identity of being, I don't know if unaccountable is the word, but like a little bit defensive maybe 
And that kind of starts to pour into the identity of the team. And that, to me, like welcomes excuses. And that's why I think it's fair to ask questions after one preseason game where maybe 15 guys who are going to play a lot actually get to play. Otherwise, it wouldn't even be fair to even talk about. But because there's a little bit of a trend here, I think it's all like fair discussion. No, you're and and KT, I like I I was in Denver, and it's funny. I mean, Mike was asked like, "What do you make of the penalties after the focus on it during the off season?" It was Clarence Hill that asked the question, and Clarence Hill did not bring up 2021. And Mike McCarthy jumped right into the idea. He was like, he was like, this isn't last year. This is not what that is. It's the first preseason game. It's a starting point. But John will agree with me. He's done, he's done stuff like that a few times during training camp where he's like, well, y'all are, y'all are going to write what you want about the penalties anyway. Like it is what it is. It's out of my control. It's, it's very obvious. It's something he's defensive about. And so for them to, uh, for them to have so many in game one, I mean, he's got to be super upset that this is a talking point. And if you're a team that I, I get the aggressive play, believe me, that Seattle team that won the Super Bowl was super aggressive, had a ton of penalties like that. My thing is that even if he didn't say at that opening press conference for training camp uh, that, you know, penalties were a big part of this, you know that it has to be because of the season they had last year. It was one of their biggest issues last year. So if you come into this game and you have some, you know, questionable calls and things like that, those can happen to anyone. But you can't have that Kelvin Joseph offsides, not on a 57-yard field goal. You can't. You can't. You can't do that. You can't have the uh, Dante Fowler uh, unnecessary roughness down by the goal line. You just you can't do that one. Um, and then, of course, the stuff with Sam Williams and Tyler. Smith, I thought the Sam Williams one was was a bad call to be honest with you. But it was a the terrible Sam, call. The Sam Williams, Tyler Smith stuff. At least those are younger guys. You're like they're kind of whatever. Like Kelvin Joseph is supposed to be a guy now in year two that you're going to supposed to need to count on him. I mean, remember the fun last year? I don't know if you remember this, Dave, when you would do uh, your 53 man roster projection or things like that. And people would come at you about that. You didn't have Kelvin Joseph over Anthony Brown. I wonder where all those people are now. Like, as you wouldn't even have him your top three. I actually have bumped him down for me below Duran Bland. So and this is a guy, second round pick who, again, let's let's keep everything. You're also really going to bat for this dude. You're really putting a lot on the line for this guy. This isn't just like, hey, he just, you know, everything's going the right way and he's just a hard worker and, you know, first one in, last one to leave. No, no problems off the field or anything like that. And he hasn't shown you anything. He's the last guy that can be lining up off sides in a 57. I I could have turned off my TV. I knew that that 52 was going in. That's just the way it works in sports. You knew that was those are the type of ones where you're just kind of like, okay, so is the coaching not getting home or is the player not a very coachable player? That, That. I, that one probably bothered me the most was, was that particular oh, that, you can't easy. have that sorry kelvin joseph's draft status as a top 50 pick is the only reason that you are like yeah he's gonna make the team like if he was drafted in the fourth or fifth round you would be like kelvin joseph could be in some trouble i did like he just hasn't done anything at camp that makes you think that he's like the guy behind the starters obviously and then and then he had a that he had a terrible game. He gave up a touchdown. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That I mean, that is that flag bothered me the most out of any of them. Um, I do want to clarify, I'm not hating on Sam Williams for the roughing the passer. That was a crap call. But he did also yeah. have an off he had an offside on a Denver touchdown drive as well. So um yeah. 
it was it was more than just the roughing for Sam. But yeah, I I agree with John. Like I don't even I don't care that Tyler Smith got flagged for holding. He's a young player. We knew he was gonna have to work on his technique. Like we've known that since the day he got drafted. So for him to draw some holdings in the heat of battle in his first game does not matter to me at all. But giving a team a second chance at a field goal when the first one was from 57, terrible. Uh, pulling a guy off a pile at the goal line, terrible. Yeah, it's the stuff like that that bothers you. Yeah, with Tyler Smith, I have really not many issues at all with the way he played. Yeah, he had some flags, but I think things will be a lot a lot smoother when you have Tyron Smith next to you, especially when teams are running the stunts at you. Let, I mean, I don't think anybody that watched the game, th- this is going to come as a surprise. Josh Ball didn't play well. If you're going to line up next to Tyron Smith, I think that's going to give you a certain bit of uh, calmness, and I think that'll help him out. And eventually, you know, Mike McCarthy said earlier today that uh, he's still going to go with the what they've been doing at the rotation with, with him and Connor McGovern. I don't see any reason why it, you wouldn't think Tyler Smith is going to be their starting left guard. And when he's out there with the yeah. starters – there probably won't be as many issues. These are growing pains. I, I honestly, I can get, I can get past those, but it, it's, it's some of those other penalties that just kind of like sit there and leave you scratching your head. Like, isn't this like the main thing that you guys were kind of talking about behind the scenes? And if it's not, it should be. And why isn't that, you know? Um, so yeah, that, I guess, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, you talk a- about this affecting, you know, their playoff success or seating, and it certainly will if they can't get disciplined, but it feels like this is the main thing that's keeping McCarthy um, on the hot seat, right? If he can't get well, this turned around, like this is the most tangible thing coming out of last year. Like you got to get this fixed, dude. Right. No, this is certainly, especially when you're not in charge of the offense, you're not in charge of the defense, you're not in charge of the special teams. This has to be your thing for this particular team. You have to clean up. That has to be your, your deal uh, all the time that you constantly got to be, uh, talking about this and and one more thing on the penalties I was thinking about when I was watching the game is you know when we talked to Dalton Schultz right before we left Oxnard he was talking about how like he was specifically asked like what is the identity of this team and he started off talking about how they need that they're going to run the football and Mike McCarthy's talked about that too and I know a lot of people roll their eyes at that and whatever and because they think of it as being like kind of the older cowboys the way they did it and how people want them to get more adaptive to today's NFL well they have to because if they don't hit big plays, this offense is going to be in trouble because you're not going to be able to run the ball for these, even if you're running it well at like five, six yards of carry, because with the way they commit penalties, you just aren't going to be sustain, able to sustain long drives. You're going to have to hit some, you're going to have to hit some big shots. Honestly, like, and because of that, I mean, I don't know about you, Dave. I didn't look at your 53 yet. Uh, there's no way that I don't have Turpin on this team just because they need big playability wherever they can get it. And even if it is only a handful of plays for him on the offense, he has to be here. They have to have big plays. This team is not disciplined enough to go 12, 13 play drives like some veteran teams that the Cowboys have had in the past. It's just not going to happen. So I, I cheated on my 53. I don't have Turpin on it, but I noted I was like, yeah, they'll bring Cavante Turpin back after they, you know, move James Washington to IR. I mean, I might be wrong. I don't know. I don't I don't imagine Turpin's got a ton of people competing for his services considering he was uh, he was available when training camp started. So I could be wrong about that. But I mean, I hear you. And oh, I meant to throw out. um, Yeah, a false start on fourth and inches when you're going for it in no man's land. I mean, like that doesn't happen at the upper levels of Texas high school football like that. I mean, that's unbelievable. And that's, again, that's the stuff that should freak you out because guess who plays on field goal team? 
backups. You know, like I like that, you know, giving a team a second shot at a field goal, ruining a fourth and inches and turning it into a fourth and five, that loses you games. It very seriously does. And yeah, it was just disconcerting to see that level of boneheadedness from a team that supposedly has been emphasizing penalties. There's no leeway and that's all all on them. And that's where it's like the accountability comes into it. And I, we talk about like it being the first preseason game. It's like, man, this is clearly something that might be happening at practice too and should be stopped and everyone on the team suffers for it no matter what. If it's a third stringer committing the penalty, like they look at the numbers. The Super Bowl champions last year had 76 penalties and you had 127. Like that is a lot. <laughs> like that's just kind of crazy. And real quick, I want to uh, hit on Turpin for a minute. I thought it's very small sample size, but I thought he looked kind of mature, you know, ca- like the fair catch. He had a couple fair catches. Like one was running, like kind of running on the fly. I just remember the last few years of kind of Cowboys football, just being a little nervous anytime there's kind of a punt. And Turpin appeared to be uh, somewhat advanced and just kind of handling that. I don't know what it's been like at practice, and it's a very tiny sample size, but but I, he's actually someone kind of excited to get the ball in his hands on those punt returns. Yeah, and you need him there too because you go back to last year and year before, your primary kick and punt returners are CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard. You just need them too much on offense. You can't even mess around with it unless it's like a late game situation and this is your last chance to make a play. Then, yeah, you can put Tony Pollard back there on a kickoff or CeeDee Lamb on, on a punt, but you can't risk them to be your primary punt or kick returner. So that's another reason why I just Turpin's got to make this team. I do. I mean, he's one of those guys. He looks different when he's got the ball, like the exclusive, you know, the the explosiveness, the speed. Um, that's a good point, especially. I mean, oh, actually, hold up, hold up. Let me just say this as a qualifier that no, that they don't make a move for somebody, whether it be that's released by another team or a trade or something for somebody that has a similar type player to him that can kick and punt return and can kind of oh. be a gadget guy or somebody. If they don't do that, obviously they had in the past with like Lucky Whitehead, we've seen them use this before. Unless they find someone similar like Turpin that they trust more through a trade or a signing, I don't see how you can't, how he's not on this team. No, I mean, I mean, Wilson at 7 million would be great on this team, right? Oh boy. <laughs> That would be fun. Um, no, I, 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 like I said, I, I think, I think Cavante Turpin is on this team when all is said and done. I just, yeah. and now I'm like, now I'm thinking about it in my head. Like, can they afford to to expose him to waivers again? He clearly has a sponsor in John Fossil. We heard how excited John was to talk about him being on the team. Um, I just think he's on a he's on that short list of guys where it's like, what's more valuable? What's more likely to be lost to waivers? You throw him in with a potential third quarterback, a potential fourth tight end. I had a I had a hell of a time, John, um, trying to figure out what to do with Israel Mukwamu because he's you know he's probably the tenth or eleventh DB, and and it's not that he's been bad. There's just so many good ones that you have to account for. Um, so yeah, I think I think uh, Turpin is on that like short list of guys where it's like. Can we risk exposing him to waivers? Can we get away with cutting him and bringing him back? So I wouldn't be surprised either way. Could they also make a little room at defensive tackle? Because uh, let's talk, you know, some positive stuff right here. I mean, the defensive line looks really well, and it feels like they have quite a bit of depth there. I don't know. I don't know what names you're going to throw out there, Dude. but there's a lot of names that can play the position at defensive tackle, play inside. It feels like you got some depth there. Maybe you could – now, trading's hard in the NFL sometimes, but it might be able to clear out a roster space b- via trade, maybe. 
Well, I think that Tristan Hill would probably have the most value of a guy that you'd be willing to part with there. But then also, I mean, you listen to Mike McCarthy, he keeps talking about comparing this to his Packers teams and the way that the way that that organization ran in terms of draft and develop. Well, if you're drafting and developing, then you then that means you're probably parting ways with a Carlos Watkins because you want your younger, you don't want Carlos Watkins out there that's taking snaps away from Ridgeway or Bohanna or heck even Chauncey Golson. Chauncey Golson has added a good 15 pounds this off season. Um, and, and he's going to be a key part for that roster breakdown too, because he can play tackle and end. And so that helps you a little bit there. Um, but I, I, and, and, and when I'm talking about the tackles, you can say it about the ends too, like a Terrell Basham. Like if, if you are drafting and develop and you want these younger guys to play, are you playing Basham over over Dorrance? No. Are you playing him over uh, Demarcus Lawrence? No. Are you playing him over Sam Williams? No. Uh, and then there's Dante Fowler, and so his year fifth D end, you know. Um, so I don't know. Like I just think that they could end up coming down to a spot where they end up parting ways with veteran guys so that they can play more of their younger guys. Literally all of the depth on this team is at is on defense, and I I it's like it's Looney Tunes. It's completely bizarro world from what we're used to. Because really, other than running back, because they have two good ones, other than running back, like what position on offense really feels set for yeah. depth? I guess maybe maybe interior offensive line, uh, just because you know like McGovern and Farniak can play a lot of interior positions. You got Tyler Smith now. Oh, I got really, one for you, Dave. I can't wait to hear it. After watching that game, I'm telling you, I feel pretty good about tight end right now. Okay, yeah, because uh, yeah. Jake Ferguson had a heck of a game. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'd still say, but like looking at it top to bottom, like when you include Jeremy Sprinkle and and uh, Peyton Hendershot and those guys, like I think you feel better about the guys on the defensive side of the ball. Cause yeah. Oh like, yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying yeah. in terms on the offense where I'm like, oh. yeah, you gotta feel pretty good about tight end. It seems fine. Preseason games are, are so funny. They're the great equalizer. Cause like you would agree. I mean, it, it's not really Ferguson's fault cause he tweaked a hamstring, but like we hadn't seen a whole lot of Jake Ferguson at training camp that, that gave you optimism about him. And then he goes out against Denver and looks great. And all of a sudden you're like, damn, like, maybe Sean McCune isn't tied into like, maybe it's Jake Ferguson. So yeah, I feel, I feel a hell of a lot better about the top three tight ends on the team than I did three days ago. Um, but yeah, going back to the defensive line, I mean, it gets tough, man. Like John laid out the, the ends perfectly and then at tackle. Yeah. Like I couldn't help, but notice, uh, since Neville Gallimore played so much like Carlos Watkins, Carlos Watkins, who was a starter last year, didn't get into the first preseason game until like the second quarter. And I remember thinking in the press box, like, Ooh, buddy, like if you're an established vet and they've got you playing deep into the second quarter of the preseason opener, that is not a good indicator for what they think about your future or what they, you know, what they're thinking. Um, what, Hey, what when, did you tweet about the Gallimore thing in the third? I, I can't, I can't find it right now, but I was cracking up. Cause right when you were tweeting that I was texting Archer, I was like, why is Gallimore still out there? He's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Neville took the field. So they did it, you know, they did their joint practice up at, at the Broncos facility. And Neville said something along the lines of like, yeah, man, my check engine light was on because the air here is so thin. So Neville comes out in the third quarter and I was like, did he piss somebody off by saying that we'll he was out of check breath? Engine light. Like, yeah. I just imagine, I just imagine the D line coaches being like, Oh, we're going to get you in shape, buddy. You're playing 50 freaking snaps on Saturday well, night. Cause yeah. He had no business still being out there. If, if yeah, you write after, down a list of last year, right in the preseason, right. 
Right. That's when he hurt his elbow and that held him back significantly. Even when he did was able to return, he was never 100% last year. So that's part of it. The other was is if you did a list, like everybody that you were like, this guy is going to be important to this season. And you look at who was out there in the second half. Neville Gallimore was the glaring one that oh. you're just like, wait a second. Like there was not anybody even in the even in contention with Neville Gallimore where you're like, wait a second. Wh- why is he still out here? I looked through my binoculars like three different times. I was like, that's that's 96. That's a nine and a six because I could not believe that he was out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, say the name of a defensive tackle and I'll I'll be like, yeah, he's, he's had a pretty good camp. Like Tristan Hills had a very nice camp. Quentin Bohanna. I mean, he basically started that game like he seems like a lock to make it. Ridgeway, I'm not going to lie and say I've seen anything amazing out of him, but he's a fifth-round rookie. Like, the Cowboys typically don't cut guys who they spent that high of a draft pick on that quickly. Um, that's what makes you circle back to Carlos Watkins, and you're like, eh, like is there is there room for this guy if they don't think he's a starter? Which, I don't know, what we saw on Saturday seems to indicate that they don't think that way. That wouldn't be anything financially either. I mean, I know he's cheap, but they wouldn't have to pay like a million dollars or whatever. Like John said, I mean, Chauncey Golston looks like he's going to play some tackle. You feel good about Gallimore. They clearly feel good about Oso Digizua. They didn't even make yeah. him suit up. I, I meant to, I didn't have a chance, but I wanted to find Neville after the game and be like, you know, Oso's been here a year less than you and he's already on vet status. Like what the hell's going on here? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of young draft picks at that position that they seem to feel good about, and it just makes you wonder about uh, a guy like Watkins or or at defensive end, it definitely makes you wonder about Basham. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Other side of the ball, hard to get a read on anything at wide receiver, am I right? Just given the circumstances? Or did any wide receiver kind of uh, jump out? I know, you like, mean, everyone's you mean kind circumstance of, on the, of, of uh, being Cooper Rush show or what? Yeah, yeah, just quarterback play in general and the offense what does that not tell moving us? the ball. We yeah. Can't, <laughs> we can't get a look at our wide receivers because our, our backup quarterback is inept. What is, I mean, that's not good. I mean, I, I know he's only had the one big catch, but man, I like Dennis Houston, man. I mean, it's 18 yard catch, whatever, but he just seems like a really solid veteran player, but he's an undrafted rookie free agent. Um, yeah, he didn't wow me or anything like that, but um, he's a guy that if he's not on the 53, I'll be very surprised. Uh, Fajoko in the second half, that touchdown catch looked very yeah. similar to what we've seen in training camp. Uh, you know, obviously, I think everybody that watched that was hoping for a little bit more out of Jalen Tolbert. But, um, you know, Cooper Rush didn't have a good game. If Cooper Rush played like he did in Minnesota, I think you'd see a little bit better of what Jalen Tolbert is. Um, when he's been out there with Dak in the practices, isn't that he looks like a guy that you feel pretty comfortable as being like your number three wide receiver. Um, so uh, but obviously that showing wasn't great there. And I don't think he was too happy after the game from what I saw in the postgame interview about the way he played. But yeah, no, no one really blew you away at wide receiver, but looking at this team, I don't know why you would have expected anybody to really blow you away. Uh, I will say this, if Will Greer would have played, uh, I think that it would have given some guys even a better chance because maybe he's on when Cooper rushes off and it gives some guys some better opportunities to make some plays and things like that. Uh, Cooper rushes looked kind of tight. Like he didn't, he didn't look like a, yeah. like the kind of loose veteran that we saw, you know, at times against Minnesota. And that kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, whereas like Will Greer's played like real loose in, in practice, kind of like the way Danucci played in the second half. And so it would have been interesting to see if he got out there, but I don't think anybody that's been following this team was expecting anything big out of any of the wide receivers when 88's not out there. Yeah. I feel like when you start I, talking about wide receivers, like every year there'll be like a guy early in camp that's like in contention for wide receiver five. And because there's whatever, it's just football's back. So there's a million storylines, right? And I, I think back to like Jalen Guyton, you know, which he's made a decent career for himself with the Chargers. But there's always like a guy that flashes early on and then everyone kind of wants to go to bat for him. And this year is like TJ Vasher might have been that guy. And then when it comes down to it, it's like the opportunities just don't come or just doesn't work out. I'm not writing off TJ Vasher yet, but I feel like that could be the same guy this year that we almost see like almost every single year. Yeah, in camp. yeah. there's always, always a, one guy. Oh, and that's actually or something that shows up at camp. They're like, who Lance is this Lenore, guy? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was actually um, – I was really happy for Simi. I, I did have a chance to talk to him after the game because, yeah, John, I was like – I was like that was the exact – like you caught a touchdown exactly like that at training camp. Like it, I've got it on my camera roll somewhere. And I asked him because I've seen this more times than I can count. Like at a training camp practice when you get to do one-on-ones, seven-on-sevens, and then probably 30 scripted full-team plays – Every receiver on the team gets like seven or eight opportunities per practice in a game. You might get two 
And so uh, I thought, I mean, Simi, he made the most of them. He was like, yeah, like, you know, I, I kind of thought that I would get more more run in the first half. I thought I'd have a few more opportunities. I didn't. I just hung in there and waited for my chance, and, and he made the most of it. I mean, it, it wasn't the most amazing play you've ever seen, but to hang on until the last five minutes of the game and then go box out your coverage in the end zone and make the play, I thought that was big for him because last year – he didn't really carry those training camp moments to games. So for him to do that, I thought was I thought that was a pretty big deal. Um, also, yeah, real quick on you know, him, I think he's one of the top five best dudes on the team. Easy, easy, easy. Like if you're just talking about guys that you enjoy talking to, guys that that you would like want to get a beer with, or like let your like you know let him take your sister out or something like that. Like Semi oh. Fajoko for sure. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I don't know about the sister part. Uh, I don't have <laughs> one. But, but, you know uh, what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> but um, coming uh, from a guy who doesn't have a sister, right? Or but I, I you don't know, have a sister either. Yeah, yeah exactly. but it's a it's you a know, figure of speech. Damn it! <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, no, hey, another really good dude, uh, Tyler Smith. E- again, easy, easy. Uh, I would throw Jordan Lewis in there. Um, All right, yeah. who are the who are the not good dudes? That's what we want. Yeah, that's more interesting. <laughs> <Who are> they- <laughs> well, not- we, we talked about one probably earlier Who on the are show. Who the keeping yeah, 10 yeah. feet of distance, guys? Um, well, um, here's I'm, a name for you guys. Remember, I'm John looking at the roster right now thinking of like, who who are my <laughs> no, top yeah, guys? Like, who are the I'm top not- guys that I'm, 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 I'm most intimidated by? Well, they like- all listen to this show, so they're probably going to be <laughs> yeah. really upset. I'm not pausing because I don't want to say anything. I'm like, real, I'm racking my brain. Because I mean, yeah, like, even you not let date your sister. Oh, there's there's a lot of those. Oh, I'll, I'll oh. say one that was. Uh, I mean, since uh, they're no longer playing, LP, the long snapper. Remember him? He was a gr- yeah. He was a grumpy a, dude. Dude, he was a grumpy like, dude. Literally, like two hands shoved me against the lockers to like get away from his stuff. Like I was just standing there, like waiting for Zeke to talk or whatever. Like that dude was like. How are you this yeah. angry? <laughs> I remember. Okay, so I, on that level, I don't know, really. And I, we're only getting back in the locker rooms. But I don't know. Even the guys on here that I don't think might be the best dudes in their everyday life, There's, I don't feel that way about any of the guys on this team that like would just shove somebody out of the way like um, to get to their stuff. I, there's nobody that really like jumps out like to me about any of that. No, I I would agree, and I'm like I I mean I would say Tristan Hill probably dislikes the media the most, and that's just kind of going on body language, and he doesn't really care to talk to us. But he's never like, I don't know, he's never been like where like I felt like he was trying to threaten us or anything like that. I just don't think he really cares to talk to us. uh, Yeah, Tristan Tristan definitely doesn't like us. Um, If there was going to be a a, a fix this shit rich moment of 2022, who would be who would be the instigator of that? I just don't know how a guy like that. I don't think you, yeah, like, I mean, or if if that were to happen, I just don't think you can identify it ahead of time. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Dez. Well, I mean, we could have back then. I mean, well, because Dez is he's he's Dez. Yeah, Yeah, he's a lightning rod. I mean, yeah. And some would say this team needs one of those Dez Bryant's. You know, like, and and, I mean, obviously the player you'd love to have, but in terms of kind of somebody that uh, stirs things up from time to time, man, I don't really. I don't really see somebody like that on this team that would really do the fix this shit rich thing. Maybe plus, you got to be, plus you got to be like one of the top guys on the team to okay. even hey. have the clout to do something like that. Because a lot of these other guys, if they said that, they'd probably be gone in like a week or something. You know, so I'll take I'll take a stab at it. This is this right. is just this is just a guess. It's just a guess. But like you talk about electric personality, has you know could take ownership over the locker room. 
and I don't mean this to say that he's like a grumpy guy or anything, but like I could see, I could see Micah doing something like that in the right circumstances. Like, no way, he, I can't, I can't at all. If he was like super pissed off about something, I feel like, I feel like it could happen. I would, I would actually put, I would put, yeah, Vander is a possibility, but Lawrence, I, I would have actually over Micah in terms of somebody that would. Tank is the best because he's never given a damn about anything ever. Like literally, he he might be the only football player I've ever met who I firmly believe that he's never really even tried to censor himself. Like. He answers questions in front of a microphone the way that he would answer if he was sitting next to you at the bar. Yeah. Which I appreciate the hell out of as a reporter. Thank you, DeMarcus. Here's a a, uh, Camp Darling name. Remember this one? John Vay Johnson? I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was just like the talk of the pod when about them Cowboys launch. Like, gosh, I got this guy. Number 81. John Vay was was the same class as Guyton. And uh, and obviously Guyton wound up being, you know, sticking in the NFL for a little bit longer. I mean, a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, Guyton has Guyton's, he's got a thousand career yards. but He's going to have a big year this year. Is it too early to make a fix this shit tad shirt? Oh, God. Get that going. It'll have okay, to so say it'll have to say John Mashota, the athletic fix this shit. Tad. Hey, where did that happen? Uh, where did that go uh, after the game? Uh, you know, I, you'd have to ask David Moore. He led the whole thing off. I don't know. I if was it interested was... that nobody threw that out. What they, what, Hi guys. nobody identified uh, themselves. Uh, sad that we didn't get to learn any more about kickers, right? I was sad about that. Yes. I, you like, gotta be honest. I was hoping for like six field goal attempts. I want some of clarity. Course. Yeah. Of course. I will say though, uh, again, going back to the Fajoko catch looking like training camp, that whole operation of that snap and hold looked like training camp too. Like as much as as much as Garibay and uh, Hilarahu have been hit or miss in these practices, like there's been a lot of those bad snaps, hold look kind of weird. Like I, everything hasn't been like completely smooth on that end either. So when that happened, and I think it was what 56 yarder, uh, that wasn't really that much of a surprise either. That I mean that group needs its work too. I felt like Man, such an idiot. Um... When they sent they sent Hirelahu out there for that long kick, and John knows this. Like at training camp, like when they back Hirelahu up to like fifty yards, his kicks kind of look like they're dying by the time they get to the goalpost. Like his kicks are like floating. Like he does not, you know, he doesn't bang them through for fifty from fifty like Maher can. And so he goes out there and he missed, but the ball was like it traveled so much further and so much faster than I was expecting. I kind of got excited. I was like, okay, like Liram's leg looks great. And somebody sitting next to me was like, we're in Denver, Dave. And I was like, I'm an idiot. (laughs) I'm an idiot. Don't pay any attention to me. Hey, maybe you got to just keep two kickers. Liram handles everything 40 in Maher, everything 40 and out in the kickoffs. Please. They do that. They do that. That's the case. Just bring back Kai, and and he can do field goals, and bring in a a guy to do kickoffs. You know, do you get a do you get a cut roster space? Roster space. Kent, do you get a cut from his contract if he signs somewhere? I man, I wish I should at this point. Without I get a cut of Garibay's if he signs somewhere. So the kicker's going to be Liram, right? No, they're not really going in with with Mark. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that's any guarantee. I think it's fifty fifty right now. I'll straight okay, up. You, I'll go man. as far as to say, if you made me put money on it today, I would say Maher. If I had wow. to put money on it, I would say Maher too, though. But I do think it's fifty-fifty. I, I Knowing agree. what they know, it's really they're really going to go lean that direction. 
Okay. So uh, he was bad last like, year, was he? No, no, New he Orleans. Was, he was good last year. Yeah, or good-ish. So, so we need the, the snapping the and holding. That, so I'm about. Go ahead. To to be a little better. The yes. Snapping and holding could be better, and the kicking could be better. Mm-hmm. Is that something that money can buy, or is it kind of too late? Where you're kind of s uh, sol at this point, just because of like you have the twenty billion dollars of cap space, right? And you can earmark it for the future. But can you buy a better snapper, holder, and kicker at this point? Or is I it mean, just kind of, there's nothing there. It's you probably, dried you, up. You probably could, but the holder is, I mean, I think that's just the way that Fossil's always done. It's going to be anger. And anger's not going anywhere. He's one of the best punters in the league. And McQuaid yeah. has been Fossil's guy. And so I don't see him going another direction uh, there. And, and kicker absolutely could be, they could go through this whole season with four different kickers and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know how – I mean, I know what long snappers do, and I respect their their craft. I couldn't no, tell you, you – they shove yes, media. I, yes, I do. Yes, I do, Jonathan. Um, I couldn't tell you the first thing about where to get another one because all I think about when I think about that – I mean, every year there's like one or two that are good enough to get drafted, and they do. But, like, if you think back to when LP was still young, like in his prime – they used to bring a backup snapper to camp every year. The guy would always get cut, and now like four of them are starting long long snappers, or at least like two or three of them are. And so becoming like a reliable long snapper is like a two- to four-year process, it seems like. Um, so I, I don't know where you would even begin to try to find one of those guys. And yeah, I mean, okay, no. Honestly, no. Money cannot buy a better kicker right now because there are only – there are like four teams that have great kickers and all of those guys are well compensated. Like uh young way in Atlanta, obviously Tucker in Baltimore. Um, the, the guy in Kansas city, whose name escapes me right now, Butter, like Butker. Yeah, there we go. Butker. Uh, there's like four that are a cut <laughs> above everybody else. And then everybody, and then there's a handful Bless of you, rookies. Thank you. <laughs> Then there's a handful of rookies that just got here, like your Cade Yorks of the world. And then everybody else has a similar quality kicker, and they're just praying that he doesn't have a meltdown. Like, that's okay. just – Daniel just, Carlson last year. Oh, there you go. Uh, Nick Folk was second. Matt Gay. Okay, I'm looking at field goal percentage, though, right? Does that blow anybody else's mind? Like, there's 100 million people <laughs> – in the U.S. and we can find twenty five people that can do this. No, that is that's like, not even the a. Hey, that's not even the the craziest one to me, Kent. You, you're talking about the U.S. I'm talking about the most popular sport in the world. You're telling Sorry. me that somebody that just can't cut it, like that, just like is an okay guy for like I don't know Arsenal that yeah. that can't come to the NFL and be the best kicker in the NFL. Yeah. Like I don't know, I just don't. Whatever, I don't get it. It doesn't. I mean, I know it's oversimplifying. Like the balls are not the same. It's yeah. a completely different style of kicking, but like you cannot convince me that some dude in, you know, Man Man United's like B team, they're they're terrible anyway. Like Man United's awful this year, so like just come over here and start working on some high school posts, and you'll be good. Like I'll I, tell you, I, the guy I go after is I would study, um, like I would try and get like uh, like an older player that you know how kind of like the. MLS will get some of these older like stars or whatever that you go over there and you scout like older guys that are that the height of their career is probably not as great anymore. And when I say older, I don't mean like in their 40s. I'm talking guys like in their like 30s and they just know that, hey, my best ball is behind me. 
but the guy is great at penalty kicks because it has to be somebody that's great under pressure because that whole kicking field goals thing, like to me, it's not just about the leg. It's about what guys mentally have it. So if you can find somebody that's like an older guy that like, Hey, he's not that great anymore, but he was always good at penalty kicks. I would try and I would try and bring that guy in because the mental side of it is really, I, I think it's more than 50%. I think it's like 80% of it. I think oh, all I, these guys have strong legs, but it's, can you do it when it's really a lot of pressures on you? And obviously if you played big league soccer in front of those crowds and you could deliver then, um, I don't see how you wouldn't be able to do it in the NFL. Yo, are we really talk, year, talking about bringing in Kaka right now to like try out for this? What are yes. we exhausting Kaka's, all Kaka's probably too old by now, yeah. but yeah, there's some. There's <laughs> some tackled. What's Steven Gerrard? What was that, KT? Steven we Gerrard get had a, in here. get a cannon. Okay, in I'm, 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 I'm with you, but like, can we get somebody that can just make the extra points consistently? Well, look, like, oh, okay, cause. Jerry Jones. You sound like Jerry Jones. So what look, he wants he can make a twenty-five last, yard field goal consistently. Gosh, it's not, <laughs> last ridiculous. year in only eight games, you know Maher eighty-nine percent uh, field goal kicker. Zerline, you know, played the full season, 83%. So, you know, you, you ration that out for Maher. Maybe he, if he stayed on that same trajectory, that would put him at four kicks. I mean, he's probably like 85%. He missed two extra points. Zerline missed six extra points, but, you know, he attempted about 30 more extra points than he attempted to wait 36 more extra points. So if you rationed it out to the same amount of kicks that Zerline had from extra points last year, Zerline was 42 of 48. If you make Maher have 48 last year, he would have made 40. So Zerline still would have been better. So you should have just kept Zerline, right? That's what it kind of sounds like. But, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, if I, I think I, I go back to like, I just think it matters if you don't have to cover as much, just kick the ball into the end zone. And if Maher can do that at a higher rate than Liam can, then that's kind of, that could be end up being a difference maker because you're kind of up a creek, anyways. <laughs> Hey, uh, Hellman, that, Hellman oh, he's yeah. 40. He's 40, but, man, I'd give Ibrahimovic a, a try. He seems Dude, like he's wired perfectly for this. It's really funny that you said that, because I know you're not a huge soccer fan, but you no, obviously— No, but I'd love—I would no, love yeah. him being on this no. team. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, if, if Zlatan Ibrahimovic played for the he Cowboys— would want, like, $50 million just to we would literally, show like, up. John and, I, John and I always <laughs> joke about, like, you know— what what's what's worth it what's worth talking about what's going to get the fans excited like i would pass up i would pass up and like i would if dak and ibrahimovic were talking at the same time i would leave dak and go stick my recorder in ibrahimovic's <laughs> huddle it'd be like whatever this guy's about to say is going to lead like every sports talk show and every podcast in america so yeah i'm firmly in favor of that well, I know I can tell you that as a guy who, uh, as you guys uh, know, you know, I follow uh, another team up in the a- NFC North, and even their playoff loss was a little more painful even than the Cowboys' playoff loss last year because that was a special teams mm. loss. Yeah. And in bad snapping and holding all year long, bad kicking all year long, bad punting all year long, and that's what got them beat in the playoffs. So which, it's teams, like, which teams' receivers would you rather have? Cowboys. Yeah. Just because of CD. But no because Devontae. of the true number one. Yeah. 
And, and then I was looking at their depth back. chart the other day, man, and I was like, who is going to be their guy, man? It's maybe it's like, maybe it'll be Odell. Who knows? It, if, if they don't find a way to get Odell when he's healthy, I don't get it because, yeah, I mean, it's it's bleak, man. I mean, I know Rodgers is a difference maker and he can make guys look better, but that is it's a bleak depth chart. You, well, okay, so the top two, who's the, who's the best wide receiver core in the NFC? The, of, of top two. Uh, uh, the Vikings, Tampa Bay. Vikings, Jefferson oh, and Thielen, uh, yeah, Cup and yep. and uh, Cup and Robinson's Jones, really good. Julio Jones, yeah. Mike. No, for, Mike Evans Evans for, and, for let Tampa, me just it would be Godwin and Evans. And Godwin. Yeah. Let me let me just say, yeah. if there was a little, I, and I don't, and I'm, I have nothing against Kirk Cousins. I think he's a solid NFL quarterback. But if you put Thielen and Jefferson with a little bit better quarterback, yeah, I think it'd oh, be yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, no, it's that's amazing. A, that's a they good, have it one more. Answer. Yeah, <laughs> it's I just I'm going back to that Minnesota game last year. That both those dudes are healthy. Delvin Cook's healthy, and I'm just like, Cowboys don't have Dak. Like, how are you guys not putting up like 40? Yeah. Oh. Biggest game of the year for them. That what is it? Sunday night, whatever. I mean, how many nighttime primetime games did the Vikings get? They were in the in the that heat of embarrassing yeah. playoff and everything. And I'm like, yeah. And they even came out first series. They're clicking. I'm just like, man, this is a juggernaut here. How do you handle all this talent? And then you're just kind of, I don't know. I know I just, this. Is I, a- I would love to see Patrick Mahomes play with 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 those two receivers and see what happens. I think Kirk is Kirk at the end of the day, but. Um... You know, O'Connell's part of this whole McVeigh revolution. Like, I'll, I'll be interested to see if yeah. uh, if they look any if he looks any better with not Mike Zimmer, basically. <laughs> so, as we record this on the night of August the fifteenth, are we all saying right now, though, still that when this pans out, the Cowboys win the NFC East? Are we all are we all good there? I've moved to almost fifty fifty on that. I think the, the Eagles. Awesome. Have, I think the Eagles have, are closing the gap rather quickly. I'm Dave? still I'm still gonna pick Dallas, but yeah, I, I don't feel confident about it at all. Kent, I'm gonna go. I if you ask me today, I'd go Philadelphia. I just think they're gonna have a good year. I really do. I mean, yeah, the Nakobe Dean Jordan Davis thing. Yeah, is really, I, I, I watched their defense the other night. Yeah, it looked pretty nasty. So because for a long time, I was just sitting there going like, well, you know, Jalen Hurts just you know he's not gonna be good enough, and I'm just like. But he's got enough weapons around him where I think their offense is going to be at least solid at, at worst. And I just think that defense is going to be really good. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be – I'm not saying one's above the other. I just think that the Eagles have, have definitely closed the gap. They're in that world where, like, Rager can be, like, their fifth wide receiver. Right. <laughs> that, that they're happy. Because after they got A.J. Oh. Brown and they have yeah, Devontae uh, Smith and they, they, got, finally they signed got, Pascal uh, – yeah, and they got uh, Ortega Whiteside off their team too. So if they, Would you guys take Jalen Rager if he if he got let go at the end of the? Yes. Yeah, yes. I heard he so could be I, he, sure. he could be a potential guy being shopped there. What would you give up for him, KT? About a fifth. Okay. I would I would do yeah. a yeah. Six. Turpin and Rager on one team, man. That's some vintage oh, you'd like that? TCU. The, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say the the Fort Worth side of the Metroplex would be very excited about that. That'd be nice. Um, you get Trayvon Boykin in here. We'll party. Oh God, I think no I'm. Oh, what's Josh Doxon up to? Let's just get the whole crew. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Be healthy. Maybe, maybe add a coach Can to the defensive drill? side of the staff. Maybe <laughs> somebody that's in in Austin right now. Maybe he could help out on the defensive side as a coach. Yeah, just wants to Gary. play guitar. Um, okay, so hold on. We'll play the lightning round again. We switch to the division. I'm going to name a team. Okay, and you tell me if the Cowboys are better than them. Ooh, I like All this. Right? Okay, Vikings. 
Yes. Cowboys uh, are better. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Oh. Ooh. Where did the, Where did the Vikings improve? Um. Head coach. Well, I don't maybe. know if they well, did. Yeah. Uh, maybe Cowboys. they did. You're right. Actually, John, Honestly, I mean, you can say whatever you want about Zimmer. You really think the defense, like Zimmer's defenses, are usually pretty decent. I'm, I'm obviously they fell off a little bit towards the end of his tenure there. Like, I mean, yeah, I think the offense is going to be better, but I don't know that they're going to be. I don't know. Um, I, I it's close. I, I, shoot, man. They, I mean, they added they added Zadarius Smith. They have uh, KJ Osborne's pretty good third too. <laughs> like, no, their offense said, should be potent. There's no doubt about that. If Daniil Hunter the is, is healthy finally, then uh, I, oh, I mean, this is the classic case of like, I'm so close to the Cowboys that I know what all of their flaws and warts are. Whereas, right. like, I really don't know anything about the Vikings other than like the headline stuff. Um, I'll just say Cowboys. I mean, shoot, they beat them last year without Dak. That's pretty. That's pretty telling. Okay, Cardinals. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I just, I think the Cowboys are better. I just, I know that it didn't look that way last year on the field, but uh, I, I don't, I don't trust the coaching staff there. And Kyler just didn't look the same without DeAndre Hopkins. And so when he comes back, you know, obviously he's going to miss some time, like with his suspension, like when he comes back, like how fast do they start clicking again? Uh, on paper, I could see how people would say, yeah, maybe they are better than the Cowboys. I personally think the Cowboys are better. Yeah, the Cardinals don't make a lot of sense to me. Like Hollywood Brown being your number one until Hopkins gets back. Um, it doesn't seem like they ever have a plan for the defensive players that they draft. Uh, which I hate the fact that I'm saying the Cowboys for both of these, but yeah. I, I mean, they're ridiculously close. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that any of these teams, you throw the Eagles in there too, that any of them are way better than the other. I think that they're all pretty close. And then especially with the way the NFL is, with that parody that, I mean, there's not, not one of those teams would I be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs and not one of those teams would I be surprised if they did make the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. 49ers. Niners. They're better. They're better. Niners. Oh Niners. my God. If they can beat you in your house in the second half and not have Fred Warner and not have Nick Bosa, I don't know how, when they do have those guys, if if you played <laughs> at their place, I, I, I just, the style of play that they play with, um, Man, and then bring making sure that they kept Debo. Yeah, I don't know, man. And and not to mention, not to mention, like, and Trey Lance is going to have his share of growing pains. Like, sure. I, but if there's a coach that I completely trust to coach around his quarterback shortcomings and like put him in a position to succeed, it's Kyle Shanahan. I mean, it's, sometimes I feel like we talk too much about Kyle Shanahan, but I think he's an amazing coach, especially when it comes to like putting an offense that suits your quarterback around him. So yeah, I, I, absolutely 49ers. And and Trey Lance with Shanahan like is and I think Jimmy G is solid. I I'm, I'm not hating on him at all. I'm just saying that I think the ceiling is higher with Trey Lance Easily. with Kyle with Kyle Shanahan that combination. Easily. So, they're going to be explosive. Packers. Excited. Yeah. Uh, I, pa- Packers, I think the Cow like no, it, I, I, no, it's the Packers. The Packers should should walk, you know, bass backwards into the playoffs. Like they could, Aaron Rodgers actually, could take half the season off, and they should still win that division. So I'm kind of an, is, so, oh, go ahead, John. I was going to say I'm I'm a very old spirit when it comes to this stuff, and so when you play at a high level for a long period of time, I probably overrate you. Like 
what you'd have to do as a coach for me to ever put you ahead of Bill Belichick is just ridiculous because he's done it for so long. And I'm the exact same way with Aaron Rodgers. For all the off the field, as annoying as he can be, whatever, I just, I mean, for the athletic and, and other places I've worked, I feel like every year at the beginning of the year, you know, they do a thing where like pick the division winners, pick like defensive player of the year, MVP. Aaron Rodgers, I was always pick every year for MVP. I just, I think he's the most valuable player in football. And I think he's, even though that there's 11 guys on the field with your offense and 22 on both sides, I just, if you have Aaron Rodgers, man, as long as you're decent at the other spots, yeah, I'm giving oh, you, you the edge. Competent. So yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, and you know, people can harp all they want about the Packers not getting it done in the playoffs. Well, surely the Cowboys and their fans aren't going to criticize somebody for that. So uh, yeah. And yeah, be, I mean, beat them and not, not to mention like, we focus so much on Rodgers and whether or not he's got help at receiver. Their defense looks disgusting. Like on paper, they got a lot of talent. Uh, so, yeah, Packers, easy. They have some similarities with the Cowboys, though. Big time questions at wide receiver, questions on the offensive line. Um, they've kind of loaded up on defense a little bit. Special teams issues. It is very interesting. So, so you guys have basically told me – Bucks in no order here. Bucks, Rams, Packers, 49ers. And then, uh, you know, we're still question mark there on the Eagles there. But those are the four teams that did you uh, say you Rams know, better than the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah you did. Rams, okay, yeah. Rams, Bucks, Packers, 49ers in some order. And yeah. we mentioned it kind of at the end of the season. But like, also, I don't think the Bucks are nearly what I thought they were going into last year, by the way. Well, that's what I kind of what I'm saying. Like, I think Tom Brady coming back like puts them in that conversation, whereas they wouldn't even be in the conversation if not. So like one guy, that, decision that, is like, it's what, not just, just that, but it's like the Cowboys. It, it's not just that, but it's like, you look at what they were when they won the Super Bowl. whatever you want to say about Antonio Brown off the field, big, big, big hand in that Rob Gronkowski yeah. gone, big hand in that trash Bruce Arians. All you want big hand in that Tom Brady, every year that goes by, obviously he's going to get a little bit older and then it just raises the chance that if he takes the wrong type of hit, I mean, at his age, it's it's and that and that's everything's over if that happens, obviously. But even if he is healthy, you factor all that stuff in. And then with just the fact of like this, it's so bizarre how he's just like missing this time in camp. Like, I don't know, like the way that he's going to be to start the season. Like, is he going to be the same exact guy he was before? Like by the time playoffs come around, I expect them to be one of the top teams, but I don't have them on that same level that I did a year or two ago. Definitely not. Probably not, so, but I also, I, don't, I mean, it's easy, again, like you kind of, you lose sight of like all of the wrinkles of every team's season. Like the Bucks were pretty decimated by injury by the time they got to the playoffs last year. Like they had offensive line issues. Godwin was out for the year uh, and they still gave the Rams a game. So, I mean, I think they're one of the, I would say they're the second best team in the NFC right now. Just Russell Gage is a really sneaky pickup, man. To, Hell to yeah. Annoy you. Yeah. Go Tigers. Um, yeah, and actually so now that what, you say that too, if you're talking about like playing in the playoffs, like let's say, you know, you're the GM of the Cowboys and they're allow you to vote teams off the island of teams that you wouldn't have to play. Even though I do think that I, I think the 49ers are, are going to have a better year than the Bucks. Like, I, I mean, I, I really do. I think the 49ers are going to just continue building off of what they had. But if, if, if I can vote one of them off, I would rather play the 49ers than to play Tampa Bay. Because, like, you talk about that game against the Rams. Like, the Rams are clearly the better team. 
But and maybe this is just because I've been watching that Derek Jeter thing lately. But there is something with Tom Brady too, where you're just always like, you don't want to leave him in it. Like, yeah. like he is just he's been there so many times. He's tried and true. Obviously, you know, greatest quarterback, greatest player that's ever played. Like, you don't want to keep giving him chances. So, you know, seeing him in the playoffs, if you can vote him off, like I would prefer to play the Bucks over the Packers because I think Aaron Rodgers is absolutely in his in his prime right now. But I don't want to see the Bucks. If, if, if I have a chance to avoid yeah. them, I'm trying to avoid them. Yeah. So what are we looking forward to this week? We got the Chargers. We get some joint practices. Um, we have a small roster cut down um, coming up on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. Yep. No, tomorrow, tomorrow's Tuesday. A right. small roster cut down. So we got a lot going on here. Uh, some things you guys are looking forward to. Maybe getting some more concrete answers about this thing. Kicker. Yeah. I mean, when have we really seen in a practice even, forget the regular season game, I mean the preseason game, when have you even seen Brett Maher going back and forth with Liram like on a real like competition type thing, you know? Have you have you really succeeded at a kicker if you haven't gone through a mojo moment? You know, we haven't, you know, really <laughs> seen that yet. With So uh, I don't know how, you know, that's the thing. Like I didn't watch a lot. I was actually stuck at an airport when they were doing the first practice against the Broncos. So... I don't even know how much kicking they did there, but it will be interesting to see if they do some, you know, kicking type stuff in any of these practices against the Chargers. And then certainly in the preseason game, uh, that's one of the top things I'm looking forward to because I got zero answers out of it on Saturday night. One thing I just coming, see, oh, coming out ahead, of the game, sorry. can we cool it on the the Danucci hype like every year? I don't think anybody back. that really knows football that isn't trolling. I know, is really but every that up, every though, preseason I, that's a on very, Twitter, it's like. Somebody yeah. out there being like, I'm telling you Guys, right now, Danucci you, actually looks a lot better than Cooper Rush. Do you we, said the key, you, like, just stop. Can we you stop said the key, this? you said the key word there in Twitter. Like, if, if when you know you go back 20 Twitter, years, you whatever wouldn't even be, Cowboys, you wouldn't be talking. You know, no, but Twitter actually keeps it going. I'm guilty of it. He threw that sidearm. I was like, oh, I got to post a video of this, you know, because I knew, you know, some people would post some, you know, Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite gifts underneath it. I mean, <laughs> I'm not stupid. I know what I'm doing on Twitter. Okay, guys. Um, so there is a little bit of that, you know, where. Hey. There is a little bit of that, like, oh, it's kind of a fun thing to talk about or whatever. But nobody that nobody like is seriously. He's not in like competition for making the roster or anything. I'm not even going to apologize, Kent. I'll do it again this weekend. It's if you, Dave. I'll do it again. It's all you. With, uh, with well, here's <laughs> hey, hey, I gotta sit up there and watch that shit for five hours. It's awful. And like, li- I mean, no, Ben DiNucci's not part of the competition. He's not going to make the 53. He might hang around the practice squad. Uh, which honestly I think is a good idea. He's an athletic guy. Like he can help give them a look when they play athletic quarterbacks. But the second half of when Danucci got in, I had so much more fun just as an observer of football when he did the fire drill scramble that should have been a pick and, you know, he threw it sidearm a few times. I had so much more fun watching him. So, I mean, that's fine with me. Um, One thing I will say about him, I, I am surprised um, that the arm angle stuff hasn't changed. You don't just find players like, like Ben DiNucci every if day. You're, if you're really trying to make it in the NFL, like how are you not with a throwing coach and you're really trying to take that out of your game and you're really trying to, you know, because he throws like it's a baseball-style throw. He obviously has a baseball it's, background. But I'm surprised that there hasn't been any adjustment to it. And when I say that, I'm kind of coming at it from like a basketball standpoint of like, there's a lot of guys that have like a little hitch in their shot, like when they get in the league and then usually they get with like these professional shooting coaches and they adjust a little bit. The best example for me is probably Lonzo Ball. His shot now looks completely different than did when he came in the NBA. And so 
believe me, you can do be Patrick Mahomes and and Matthew Stafford when you're that talented, and you can get away with your shot looking like that when you're as talented as Sean Marion. But when you're at Ben DiNucci's level, like you have to be like constantly working on something. Like honestly, it reminds me of like Romo talking about all the stuff he worked on because he needed to change some things early in his career if he was like, hey, if I'm going to go from Eastern Illinois to making the NFL. So when the bullets have been flying in games, I'm actually kind of surprised that he is still doing the sidearm stuff, like that he isn't like, uh, you know, trying to work on a more like traditional throwing style. But when you get in the heat, he probably is working on it. But when you get at the heat of the moment, there's like there's a defensive end coming down on you. You're going to go back to your instinct and, and what you're most comfortable with. And that's that's the nooch. The Cowboys did it all for Danucci. This is a big week for Will. I Will see what you. I, I see what you did there, Kevin. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. No, it oh, is, Kate. Yeah, my sure. my excitement for the Broncos game plummeted when I heard Greer wasn't going to play. That I think I said that on the show last week. Uh, I really, I hope he gets into this game. He's fun to watch. He could spice up the competition. I think he's good enough to push for the backup job. We just got to see. We got to see what he looks like in a game. Um, yeah, and I wonder just, how much the oh. groin injury is going to affect what he does, you know? Um, yeah. Is it going to yeah. limit him at all? Because clearly he knows that this is – he's got a great opportunity in front of him to p- potentially be the backup quarterback for the Cowboys. Uh, he obviously has an ally uh, in the coaching room with Doug Nussmeyer. Uh, I mean, there's a great opportunity here, so I'm sure he's going to want to play through it. But I just wonder how much that that's going to limit him because uh, if he's 100%, I can see him – making plays and moving around and doing stuff all over the field. I mean, that's what he's been doing in camp. Okay. So, uh, Dave, when are you going to be on TV this week? Do you have any big TV appearances coming up? Uh, I actually, I did speak for yourself today. Um, I'm off until, so I'm going to joint practice. I'll be in Costa Mesa to watch that on Wednesday and Thursday. And then I'll be back on Fox on Friday. I am exhausted. When are we going to get the Hellman v. Skip segment that we've all been craving? I actually I saw I saw Skip in the lobby of the uh, studio today. Uh, we just like exchanged very brief pleasantries. He has no idea who I am. Um, I don't know. I thought he was a huge Cowboys follower. I, I thought he would uh, know David Hellman. I don't, I mean. He doesn't follow anybody on Twitter. So that's which I always I always I'm impressed by that because I'm just a junkie for constant news. So he probably looked at his mentions one time and was like, OK, I'm not I'm not even going to try to see what anyone else is saying on this platform. Me and John, are, me, and, me and John are just like, can't relate. Get, get, <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Hey, for those of you uh, who, are, who are obviously listening to the audio portion of the podcast, you should know that John and I have a bet each week before the, the podcast on whether Kent's cat's going to get into that TV behind him. He's thinking and about right it. Now that, cat's, that cat's hovering right behind that TV, and I she, actually bet that he would not get in the TV. So I'm really hoping that I cat I think she was in there, there to begin with, and she got out. So I think uh, so I don't John will lose me 100 bucks if hey, the cat didn't get in there. What's her name? The cat's name is Lucy. All right, unplug your headphones real quick. I'm going to talk to her. You want to yell at my oh cat? My <laughs> Lucy. Okay. Lucy, get in the TV. Lucy, Lucy get in the TV. Lucy. Well, that's all get the time the we have. Lucy, Lucy. she's looking. Look, and she's looking around. Get in the TV. <laughs> she's like, I don't, I don't right, respond okay. to anyone. But yeah, that's, a, that's part of the YouTube experience, you know? See... See our houses and what we got going on, you know, see our beautiful faces. John's, John's you can, uh, apartment. 
By the way, John and Dave used to be roommates. Not a lot of people know sure that. Did. Yeah. I think at this point, I think most, well, actually I take that back. You should, like, I hope you don't pay close enough attention to John and I to know that we used to be roommates, but. Uh, Same apartment, yeah. John, that you guys lived in. Is that what you're this currently one? in? No, here, is that this is place? the best part of all this. So Dave decided he wanted to move back to Dallas and I liked the complex uh, over here. It's by uh, the shops of legacy. So I moved like about two houses down five, or something, right? Five, five literally, times, literally, like kind yeah, of around the I corner. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. moved. Yeah. I moved twenty five miles away, and John, uh, John called me one day after work and was like, "Can you come back to the building and help me move all my shit like twenty feet down the hall?" Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. 20, I love it, man. There's like all this stuff to walk through here, and then the other thing is that they have that Marriott right there. So if you have, you know, friends that come into town and stuff like that, it's like I don't know, I just. It's perfect for me, it and then nice, I wasn't yeah. really doing the whole Dallas nightlife stuff anymore anyway, so it just didn't really. And to be honest with you, I don't miss that drive either. I didn't like oh, the drive boy. from Dallas to Valley Ranch, much, much less the, 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 the and during I mean, the season, I mean, during the season. It really um, doesn't, it really doesn't bother me because I'm a big podcast guy. I'll throw on a book on tape or something like it's, you know, and I mean, fortunately, because of our job, I mean cover your ears if you go to work really early i'm sorry but like i don't leave for work until like 9 9 30 in the morning so like rush hour is over by the time i get on the road what a jerk sorry nice. hey man i miss i was thinking about sorry. valley ranch the other day and i miss that place so much <laughs> me too, <laughs> just i do too seriously strolling in from lunch you know just hanging out in the little atrium area it was so so relaxed, so much freedom. Coaches walking around, players walking around. It was it was a special place, man. I miss it a lot. Yeah, and I wish I wish it still it was still there, but now it's completely uh, a yeah. subdivision now, so it's nothing. It's, the street the streets are still named uh, Cowboys themed streets, but other than that, everything's changed. New York pizza pasta, go check it out. It's pizza great pasta. sandwiches, good pizza, San Diego tacos. Oh yeah, Ooh. Good stuff. all right. I'll see you hoes later. Uh, check out John's work. John's got a really good uh, recap of the game, and he'll have more stuff because he always. Oh, does. I'm gonna. I'm doing Can't a 53. Stop. Let's talk about this real quick. I'm putting a 53, 53 out coming. tomorrow morning, and Old Hellman just stole my thunder by putting his out today. So I'm, I'm wow. like right, sitting there. I'm just like I'm thinking. Okay, I'll put this thing out. Nobody's gonna be doing this right now. That's at you know out in Oxnard because they're gonna be too busy with theirs. And then Bobby Belt puts his out too. I'm just like, yeah, well, now it, now it looks like I'm just copying off you guys. Well, Bobby your did copy shit Dave. together. That's, that's for sure what I happened. Mean, we're you, you're we're realize, very. I was gonna say we're very morning driven, uh, Dave, at the athletics. So it's like, and so like Bob was doing his recap of the game. So he was had that up this morning. So we mine, you know. Then I post tomorrow morning. Bob has something Thursday. We rotate off like that. So, like, I think I noticed since you've been at Fox, like, you kind of put stuff up at any time. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did, like, um, I actually got up early today, and fi I filed it over to them at, like, 6 o'clock this morning. But, I mean, that's, oh, okay. that's like, that's 9 o'clock Eastern, though. So, yeah, right. like, I don't think it wasn't on the site until probably, like, 10 o'clock or something like that. But, We're going to have to figure out who's the most accurate between you yeah. guys. Yeah. Little I have down, a who nailed it middle of August. It sounds like our receiver depth charts are going to be different, but yeah. I have a feeling I have a feeling our our rosters overall will be pretty similar. Yeah, mine's going to have Turpin on there though for sure. Yeah. Well, good for you. Are you gonna are, are you gonna put? Well, I guess you have to put Gallup on it. Never mind. Yeah, but whatever. Go Is away. he going to change numbers if he makes the team? I don't yeah, like he has this. To. 
Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't like this dual number situation that we got in the preseason. I don't think yeah, you can give Cavante Turpin a double number. He's going to have to be a. He, oh, yeah. he just won't look be, right on him. He's too small. Oh, you know what? You could probably give him one. Yeah, Kelvin jo- Joseph won't. Oh, won't yeah, that's right. I was thinking of Garibay. That's right, Kelvin Joseph. <laughs> how I, I forgot. Oh. I don't know how. We'll see. Don't bring up Garibay. Wait, wait. Um, why, do, right. why does he? Why does he have to give up two? Uh, what am I missing? Because Jordan, Jordan Lewis, Lewis is, is two, number right? two. Oh, damn it. God, this stuff is so complicated. I know. Okay. It's stupid. Uh, I hate he, it. He can wear. I hate it so much. <laughs> Anthony Brown's wear. number three, you know? Got to get, gotta get that swag, that, so that chip much. on the shoulder, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, that is oh. annoying. Just, I mean, yeah, give, give Turpin eight. There will be ten new numbers. The fact that Kelvin Joseph's number one or chose that tells you all you kind of need to know about him, right? Give me number one. Give him nine or zero. Can we? Can we? Did you hear Jalen Tolbert didn't know Troy Aikman was number eight and requested number eight, and they were like, "It doesn't surprise me." No. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Those guys know. Hey, I'll be honest with you. That that at least (laughs) that checks out way more with me than over, let's say, the last four or five drafts when guys have said after draft how like they've loved the Cowboys since the '90s because I'm 40. And that's like when I started watching like football was in the 90s. These guys are like in their early 20s. They were not. There's no recollection of what Troy, Emmett, Michael, Charles Haley and any of them did. So I honestly, I like the, oh, yeah, Troy Aikman. I forgot about that much more than the, oh, yeah, I fell in love with the Cowboys in the 90s. Just winning three Super Bowls in four years. Nope. No, you didn't. You didn't see any of that. Jalen Tolbert probably didn't have his driver's license when Dak was drafted. So, yeah, you know, what did what did he grow up watching? (laughs) You have to ask yourself in perspective right there. Yeah. Yeah, So. All right. Well, keep following uh, John's work with The Athletic. Thank you to our producer, Kent Garrison. And thank you once again to TV's at David Hellman underscore. Don't forget the underscore. I'm KT. See you next time on About Them Cowboys. Go Cowboys! Discipline, grit, and fundamentally sound.